0: Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast recording for July 5th, 2020. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths and on behalf of the team and I, I'd like to say welcome. Thank you for joining us for this podcast recording. Please continue to share it with your family and friends. Happy 4th of July, ladies and gentlemen. We live in a free country, free to praise our Lord Jesus the Christ, and we have a lot to be grateful for. Um, next week, um, we will be recording my my sermon. Uh, I will deliver my sermon to the deacons and elders, the leaders of the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant um, next Sunday, July 12th. I'm going to be delivering it to, to these this small number, all spread out and even some in their cars because we got a little AM radio transmitter. So we'll be transmitting and covering most of the parking lot I've heard and um, I could not be more excited but I would love to ask you to pray Um, pray that God would continue to keep us safe and pray that God would continue to equip us as leaders with wisdom and insight and skill and um, I pray that And join me in praying that God would be up to something new in this time. Uh, Just an an excellent byproduct of this is, as I'm being recorded for the podcast, um, there will be a video camera set up, and a video will be posted of me delivering my sermon to the deacons and elders. And so um, both the podcast and the video will be posted on our uh, YouTube and our website. Um, And they'll be a little later, obviously, because they've been, been releasing on Sunday mornings, sometimes late Sunday nights or Saturday nights. But obviously we have to record the sermon before we post the podcast. You guys are following, right? Okay, good. And then also I want to just make note that today is a Communion Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the month. So please gather your elements at this time and prepare your hearts and your lives to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 145, 8 through 14. The Lord is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people, all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. Let us worship the Lord.
1: Thank you for tuning into The Children's Message. This week, Eve and I have been reading many books and many fairy tales. One in particular being Cinderella. It's a beautiful fairy tale about poor Cinderella who went to a ball at the royal palace of the prince. Cinderella was the most beautiful one at the ball. And when the prince saw her, it was love at first sight. But things took a turn for the worse. At midnight, Cinderella's beautiful dress turned back into her dirty work dress, and she ran from the ball so that the prince could not see her. As she ran, one of her glass slippers came off and was left behind. The prince searched the entire country to find the one who could fit into that glass slipper. And you know what happened? He found Cinderella, and the slipper fit. The prince and Cinderella married, and they lived happily ever after. Yay! What a beautiful love story. (laughs) Well, today, I want to tell you another beautiful love story. It's the story of Isaac and Rebecca. You may remember that Isaac was the son of Abraham. When Isaac had grown up, it was time for him to get married. Abraham wanted Isaac to marry someone from his homeland, but he did not want Isaac to leave the place where they were living. So Abraham decided to send one of his servants to find a wife for Isaac and bring her back. The servant was happy to help his master, but he was not sure how he would know which girl was the right one for Isaac. He took ten camels and a lot of gifts for the new bride and began a long journey. As he walked, he prayed that God would help him to know how to find the right wife for Isaac. When the servant reached Abraham's homeland, he saw a well, and that gave him an idea. He prayed that God would send the girl who was to be Isaac's wife to the well to get water. The servant would ask her for a drink, and if the girl gave him a drink and then offered to give a drink of water to his camels without even being asked, he would know she was the one that God wanted to be Isaac's wife. As the servant sat by the well, "'A girl came. "'The servant asked her for a drink, "'and she happily got him one. "'Then she looked around and saw camels nearby "'and offered to give the water to camels. "'It happened exactly as he had asked of God. "'The servant gave her beautiful jewelry. "'He asked her who her father was "'and asked if he and his camels "'could spend the night at their home. "'She took the servant back to her home "'where he met her brother.' When they learned that Abraham had sent the servant to find a wife for Isaac and that the Lord had shown him that Rebekah was the special woman that God had chosen for Isaac, they were so happy. They left the camels and gifts with her brother and headed for Isaac's home. When Rebecca saw Isaac in the distance, she was so excited. And when Isaac saw Rebekah, it was as if it was love at first sight. They got married right away, and Isaac loved Rebecca so very much. Dear God, we are so thankful that you provide for our needs. Help us to trust you to give us what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. I also would like to take this time to invite you all to our Outdoor drive in movie night on July 25th in the back parking lot at PCC at 7 p.m. Thank you so much.
2: The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Standing on this promise, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Merciful and loving God, we rejoice in your resurrection and in your promise to return. Help us to live today as people who await the fulfillment of your kingdom. We confess we often look for comfort outside of you. Bend our knees to the hard work of prayer, worship, repentance, and intercession. Throughout history, you have used the seemingly weak to nurture justice, to fight poverty, and to walk bravely toward human thrones of power, proclaiming another way. Help us find comfort and hope in our afflictions, knowing you are present with us always. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. The good news in Christ is that when we face ourselves in God with the awareness of our need, we are given grace to grow and courage to continue the journey. As far as the east is from the west, Our Lord forgives us. Be at peace.
3: you deserve Back to. a prayer to God. It's all about
0: Thank you once again to Reverend Tim McCalmont for sharing from God's Word last week. Um, we continue in our study of 1 Peter. And this morning we are studying 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1-11. through 11. But before we get to that, I'd like to remind us that Peter is writing this to a persecuted church. A disbanded, scattered church group of followers of Jesus. Can you relate with that? And I have been blown away week after week how God has been meeting us in this text um, and in his word. Since it is 4th of July weekend, I've asked a veteran and also uh, a man who just recently celebrated a birthday, uh, Don Beard, to read this morning's text for us.
4: Good morning, this is Don Beard, and I will be reading from 1 Peter 4, 1-11. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same intention, for what, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has finished with sin. So as and to live for the rest of your earthly life, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. You have already spent enough time in doing what the Gentiles like to do, living in licentiousness, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you no longer join them in the same excesses of dissipation, and so they blasphemy. But they will have to give an accounting to him who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was proclaimed even to the dead. So that though they have been judged in the flesh, as everyone is judged, they might live in the spirit as God does. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves. For the sake of your prayers, above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospital to one another without it complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belongs the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.
0: This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Peter starts a passage this morning. With connecting the suffering of our Savior, Jesus the Christ, with the suffering of his audience, and our suffering, I can't just skip over this truth. This is a truth that we should huddle around consistently as followers of Jesus. All of our pain and all of our suffering and all of our trials connects us to our Lord and Savior in a special and unique way. And it connects us as followers of Jesus. For we follow the suffering Savior. Amen? Amen. And then he moves on. He says this in verse 3. You have already spent enough time doing what the Gentiles do. N.T. Wright, in his commentary on this text, he mentions a time... Where he goes to the dentist. The dentist says, there's this new electric toothbrush. You should use it. You should use it twice a day for two minutes. And he does the math real quick in his head. And he says, okay, two minutes a day, twice a day. He adds it up. That, count, that comes out to 24 hours a year. Spending time brushing your teeth. And then he, he says this. It is easy, almost fatally easy, to spend a lot of time on various pursuits, far less worthwhile than cleaning your teeth. Add up the numbers per week you watch television, or read in the newspaper about trivial, trivial events that amount to no more than gospel. Add up, if you dare, the time. You not only fritter away, but positively throw in the fire, doing things which you didn't need to do and didn't even particularly want to do, but into which you just drifted for want of anything better. Now we, get to be, we begin to get the force of what Peter says in verse 3. It merely wastes the time you could have been growing as a human being, discovering more about how God's love can transform your life and that of those around you. I take the words of N.T. Wright and I boil them down to three words. Add it up. Add it up. Add up all the time that you spend doing things you don't want to do or just doing nothing, and you end up floating, like N.T. just said, into whatever is happening. We as followers of Jesus, Peter's calling us to the mat and saying, add it up. Take your seconds and your days and your months and your years seriously. Be intentional. You've already spent enough time doing what everybody else is doing. and then in verse 7 i want to i want to hone in on some more words as we as we move our way in towards the table and breaking bread to with one another he says in verse 7 therefore be serious and discipline yourselves how many of you have seen the movie lean on me in the 80s it came out and um, morgan freeman plays the lead character and it's based on a true story where this, this teacher slash principal goes into an inner city and transforms this school from the inside out. Uh, the, the, the man's name is Joe Clark, and Morgan Freeman um, plays him beautifully. And if, if he, I think this might be a worthy way to spend some time even even watching TV, but that's another sermon. But in one part of the uh, one part of the the movie, I remember clear as day Morgan Freeman saying, "Discipline isn't the enemy of enthusiasm. Discipline has gotten a bad rap. Um, much like religion, the word religion has gotten a bad rap. Um, yes." We are, we're, Christianity is a relationship with Jesus, the Christ, and is more than a religion, it's a relationship. Um, but take the word religion. It's something that you do repetitively. That's one meaning of it. That's one amongst many, but that's pretty much primarily the, the top meaning. That man religiously reads the newspaper every morning. That man or woman uh, religiously goes to musicals. Uh, That that person religiously eats one donut, half a cup of coffee, and an apple every morning. It's something that's on repeat. Um, I was reading once again the book Showtime by Todd Bolsinger it's a it's Todd Bolsinger he, if you've know me uh, he's a hero he's a mentor he's a friend he's all that rolled into one and one of my favorite little books that he has come up with is called Showtime and it's a basically a commentary on 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 11 and um, his section in chapter 5 it's being an everyday hero and he brings up the positive aspect of doing stuff religiously. and he's at, a, he's at an angel's game. and I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the story just knowing he's at an angel's game with his family. He writes this: "The angels were losing to the Baltimore Orioles one to0, when the Orioles came up when the Orioles came up to bat in the top of the ninth inning. The first batter reached second base. The tension was mounting. A base hit would add to the Orioles' lead. Into the batter's box stepped their all-star third baseman. And then the oddest thing happened. Every person at Edison Field, all the hardcore committed vocal Angels fans, stood and gave a rousing ovation to the opposing team's player. It didn't matter that this man could single-handedly destroy any chance of an Angel comeback it didn't matter that the game was on the line at that moment the game took a back seat to the man for that oriole was cal ripkin jr and this was the last time he would ever bat at edison field if you're not a baseball fan you should know that cal ripkin jr is a sure unanimous first ballot hall of famer he is a great player who had a great career. He hit over 400 home runs and over 3,000 hits, and he led his team to the World Series victory in 1983. But the reason Cal Ripken Jr. received a standing ovation from opposing fans all over the country is because he set a most extraordinary record for doing the most ordinary thing. For 15 years, he never missed a day of work. Between 1982 and 1998, he didn't miss a single game, playing in 2,632 consecutively and breaking by over 500, the record previously held by Yankee Lou Gehrig. In a world where sticking with something is rare, be it a marriage, a job, or a promise, perhaps Ripken is just the kind of hero we are looking for. Peter in our passage this morning is calling us to be extraordinary by doing ordinary things religiously. As we move towards the table, let us... Let us religiously live for the will of God. Let us religiously live in the Spirit with alert and sober minds. Let us pray. Let us religiously love each other deeply, offering hospitality to one another time and time again. Let us religiously and repeatedly use the gifts God has given us Let's be faithful stewards of God's grace. Let's, whenever given the chance, religiously speak the words of God. If there's an open space, fill it with the words of God. Let us serve one another with the strength of God. And as we do all these things, let us praise God through Jesus Christ. For in Christ We have all the power and all the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. We've lifted our voices in praise and worship. We have heard and gathered to the word of God. We have communed at the Lord's table together. And as we continue in worship, I'd like to give us the update of we received $7,440 in tithes and offerings over the past two weeks. God is good and continues to pour his blessings out upon us. Let us give back a portion of that which he has so richly blessed us with. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. Please send your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California 92628. As we approach the table, let us first go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we praise and thank you. We thank you for this free country that you have placed us in. We praise you for doing all the work, for sending your one and only son that we might have life and life abundant in and through him. We pray that as we approach this table, we, you would once again search our hearts, search our minds, search our lives for ways that we have gone astray, for times that we have let slip through our fingers and not given you We pray that you would bless this table. Bless the elements upon it. And meet us. Meet us, dear Lord. We come to you broken, weary, wanting to be made whole. Refresh us once again through your spirit, by your spirit, in your spirit. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is a table for the broken, the weary, and the hurting. There's only one type of person that isn't invited to this table. And that's a person that has it all together. The person that doesn't need this table isn't invited to this table. It's not a Presbyterian table. It's the Lord Jesus Christ table. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he lifted up the bread. They were celebrating the Passover meal, and the bread had previously meant uh, it was unleavened. And so it, it symbolized and it was a seal of the truth that they had, the people of Israel, had to get out of Egypt so fast they couldn't wait for the bread to rise. But Jesus picks up the bread and says, I'm making a new covenant. This is a new deal, this is a new relationship. This is no longer the Passover bread. This is my bread, symbolizing my body broken for you. Now, please take the bread and partake.
5: In the same way, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Come to me and never be hungry. Believe in me and never thirst. This is the gift of God for the people of God. Take and drink. Pray with me. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your Spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Join me now in praying as our Lord taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven,
0: Amen. Before I give the benediction, I'd like to remind everyone listening, please pray for us as leaders of the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. God has been so good to us, taking care of every one of our needs and keeping us all safe. I think it only fitting that this morning we use the text that we studied as our benediction. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies. So that. God may be glorified in all things through Jesus the Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. May it be so. Amen.